0: This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.
1: Work, school, grocery shopping, doctor's appointments, the gym, to the airport to pick up loved ones, to the kids' soccer games, piano lessons, out for movie night to hear your favorite band in the city, over to grandma and grandpa's house, and on last year's amazing road trip. Your vehicle takes you so many places protect it. When you leave your vehicle, remember to always take your key key fob with you and lock the doors. If you suspect auto theft, contact the National Insurance Crime Bureau at 1-800-TEL-NICB. That's 1-800-TEL-NICB or visit our website at www.nicb.org. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau.
2: This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy through mid morning, then gradual clearing, high near 84. Mostly clear tonight, low around 59. Mostly sunny Thursday, high near 79. Repair work is underway on crumbling concrete sections of a railroad, railroad bridge in the city of Binghamton. A report released in August concluded the Norfolk Southern span over Glenwood Avenue had significant structural, or safety, concerns that needed to be addressed by the railroad. Crews from Vector Construction of North Dakota have been working on the bridge for the last couple of weeks. The company was hired by Norfolk Southern to perform the repairs. Project Foreman Robert Garrett told WNBF News that all of the concrete columns supporting the bridge structure are being addressed first, Then workers will move to the top section of the span to repair the other walls. Work on Glenwood Avenue was expected to continue over the next several weeks. A broken sanitary sewer line that resulted in a discharge into a town of Union Creek was linked to a recently installed utility pole. Workers at a town building in Wayne Street spotted discolored water in the creek in Edwell on Monday. Town Public Works Supervisor Lou Keforio uh, said the source of the sewage discharge could not be immediately determined. Crews on Tuesday morning began working to pinpoint the source of the problem. They eventually determined the broken sewer main was in front of a house on Watson Boulevard near North Seward Avenue. Coforio said the trouble appeared to have been caused by a new utility pole that was set in place about a week ago. Sewage from the damaged main apparently poured into a storm sewer line, which carried the discharge to the creek about two blocks to the south. Crews from the O'Connell Electric Company worked to keep the pole in place while excavation operations were started to get access to the broken main. Traffic along the busy section of Watson Boulevard was slowed because one lane of the street was closed for the repair project. Coforio said people who lived in nearby homes weren't affected by the work, the amount of sewage discharged had not been determined. A neighbor who witnessed 9-year-old Charlotte Cena being rescued in upstate New York is describing the scene as right out of a movie. Carol Brown says her first thought was maybe it was a drug bust. Instead, officials had traced a ransom note fingerprint to the suspect's kidnapped, kidnapper's camper. Charlotte's discovery on Monday ended a two-day search after she disappeared during a family camping trip. 46-year-old Craig Nelson Ross Jr. was arrested Monday. He was arraigned overnight on a charge of first-degree kidnapping and is being held without bail. A message-seeking comment was left with the Saratoga County Public Defender's Office, which represented Ross at his arraignment. An enhancement has been made to the existing New York State move-over Law, sponsored by Senator Leah Webb, extending the law to all non-emergency vehicles stopped on the roadway. This is in addition to the existing law, providing increased protection for motorists and emergency responders alike. With this enhancement on the move-over Law, the aim is to decrease fatalities and serious injuries due to crashes involving a stopped or disabled vehicle on New York State roadways. Senator Leah Webb noted that personal vehicles stopped on the sides of highways remained a safety hazard, with nearly 300 drivers being struck and killed roadside annually. From 2016 to 2020, 37 individuals lost their lives outside disabled vehicles in New York. Pennsylvania State Police in Tawanda were called to Standing Stone Township in Bradford County, Pennsylvania for a report of a deceased male found in the Susquehanna River. An autopsy was performed by a forensic pathologist who related the death is not suspicious in any manner and was ruling a, da- a drowning. The deceased identity is unknown at this time. The male is described as approximately 40 years old, around 5 foot 8 inches, with short hair and facial stubble. He was found wearing blue jeans and a black in-color T-shirt. Anyone with information on the identity of this person is asked to call the Pennsylvania State Police Tawanda Criminal Investigation Unit. A New York judge has imposed a limited gag order with a stern warning after Donald Trump disparaged a key court staffer during his civil business fraud trial. Judge Arthur Engeron issued the order Tuesday. The order pertaining to all court staff came after Trump recirculated a social media post assailing Engeron's principal law clerk. Trump deleted the post after the judge called him and all the lawyers into a closed-door session. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is news Radio 1290 WNBF.
3: Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now for Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. Phone lines are open at 607-772-1290. Do you have thoughts? Well, by all means, feel free to call in. But please, don't disparage the judge, court staff, or anyone else. No disparagements, please. News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM 1290 AM streaming at WNBF.com. And uh, congratulations to Kevin McCarthy for making history. I give him a lot of credit. He acted To keep the federal government open, knowing full well he would probably lose his coveted post as Speaker of the House. And even though, even though he no longer has his leadership position in Congress, he still has to be viewed as, in in some ways, a hero. He certainly is imperfect. Most heroes are not perfect. But he kept the government working, along with his Democratic partners and some Republican partners, so that's sometimes what you have to do. Make a tough decision, deal with the consequences. And he did. I don't think there are many people in Congress who would have done what Kevin McCarthy did. Now, people can come up with their own thoughts as far as should things have been done differently over the last week? Well, yeah, probably things should have been done differently. But it's uh, it just goes to show that sometimes people will do what they perceive to be the right thing, even knowing that somebody like Matt Gates is standing there waiting to basically pull the rug out from under you. And probably... Kevin McCarthy losing his post as Speaker of the House was inevitable. The fact that they had so much trouble, Republicans were so divided early this year it took multiple votes before finally a Speaker was elected, and then the deal he had to make with the Devils... Oh, I'm sorry, they don't play here anymore. The deal deals he had to make with um, people to become Speaker of the House had almost guaranteed he was going to be kicked out at some point before the end of this year it just happened on october 3rd so if you didn't have october 3rd on your entry card well you're not a winner but did you expect that kevin mccarthy would remain speaker of the house for his full term no i don't think anybody did i don't think he did it's 9:15. let's hit the phones hard. Good morning WNBF. you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
4: Yeah good morning there, Bob. It's Dave uh, from Vestal. Uh, I'm on the move here. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. hey, I, I was listening to you Bob and uh, he worked with Democrats. Y- you see how the Democrats rewarded him? Not one Democrat voted to keep him. What do you think they would like have in place there if he worked so well with them? AOC.
3: Come on, Bob. Bob, You asked me a question. I gave you an instant (laughs) answer. AOC. AOC for Speaker. Let's have a vote. Let's have an instant vote. Who knows? Who knows? She may have some Republican supporters. Don't rule it out. AOC for Speaker.
4: Why didn't he get one vote from the Democrats to keep him, Bob? Answer that, please.
3: Because they were getting fed up by the whole the whole thing with Republicans trying to be obstructionist. They knew Kevin McCarthy, even though in, in this particular case of working to keep the federal government operating, appeared he did the right thing. He wouldn't be able to consistently do the right thing because he was beholden to Matt Gates and the merry band of obstructionists. So they probably figured, and they may have figured right in this case, better... To sweep Kevin McCarthy out at this point and try somehow to get a speaker who is able, probably is not going to happen because look at the disarray in the GOP, but somehow a speaker who has uh, a real power and doesn't have to worry constantly about looking over his back because he was always one vote away from being kicked out as speaker. As I said in my opening remarks, this was probably inevitable.
4: No, it wasn't smart on the Democrats' part because they ate his lunch, basically, Bob. They they got a lot from that. They got a lot done with him as Speaker, Bob. So it, it was kind of stupid for them to vote him out. Who knows what they may get now?
3: Oh, I agree. Look, look, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. I heard one proposal for a Speaker of the House that was shocking, and it just goes to show You know, when when people are in uncharted territory, they'll come up with some of the strangest proposals. You know, you don't want – let's put it this way. You don't want Bozo the Clown to be Speaker of the House.
4: (laughs) Well, we don't want AOC, Bob, another overzealous communist. Do you really
3: want She's her? not a communist. She may be zealous, not overzealous. <laughs> and she also represents many people in New York State. So, I mean, now obviously her district is just a single district. But I submit to you, Dave from Vestal, that AOC reflects the, the views of millions and millions of New Yorkers. And that's why I think she would have tremendous support from people here in the Empire State for her... Uh, role as speaker. I wish her well.
4: Her support is from the bar she used to attend when she was bartender. That's her support. Right you make there. it
3: sound like it's bad to be a bartender.
4: No, I'm just saying her support is very small.
3: and they'd mm, a bar. No. I mean, you can say that, but I, I submit to you, she has more than 100 supporters. I mean, I don't think the bar where she worked was that big. So you're saying something that I believe is totally inaccurate. She has millions, millions and millions of supporters across this great nation. You don't have to agree with her or them, but they support her and they support the the so-called squad.
4: Well, let's put it this way. Her support isn't for her brains. Let's say that. Can we agree
3: on that? No. No. She is one of the most intelligent, articulate members of the House of Representatives, and I submit to you, compared to some other members of the House, and again, we're not going to name names, but I submit to you that AOC appears to be far smarter than some of her colleagues. And and again, not everybody can be brilliant, but we, I think, can say that she is, on some levels, brilliant, and it's no wonder. It's no wonder that she is beloved. I have a brilliant idea, Bob. I think uh, the
4: squad and Kami Harris should start a, a law firm.
3: Well, maybe they will after they're no longer in Congress. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure they appreciate your assistance and career guidance. <laughs> have a good day, Bob. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> a law firm. So let's see, how old is AOC? She must be, seems to me AOC could be in Congress for a few more decades. Let's see, she, how old is she? So AOC is now 33. So sadly for America, let's see, she'll turn, actually her birthday is coming up in a few days. I'm sure our listeners will want to buy a nice present for her. Birthday coming up on Friday the 13th. And then she'll turn 34. Oh, which is interesting. So in time for the presidential election in 2024, she actually will be 35 years old. So I guess in terms of age, she will at least be the minimum age to be president. I believe you have to be 35. I don't know if it's 35 at the time of the election or 35 on Inauguration Day. So, who knows? Maybe she doesn't want to be Speaker. Maybe she wants to head the Democratic ticket next year. AOC and Kamala Harris, that would be a powerful ticket against the indicted former guy, the oft-indicted former guy. And who would he pick as his running mate? Matt Gates. Gee, I wonder who would win that race. It's 922. We ask a few questions. And we have some fun along the way. 607-772-1290. It's Bob Joseph. Today is Wednesday. You're listening to News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM,
0: and always available on the WNBF app. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre owned at GaltAuto.com. Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. The KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. And
3: this live segment is sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. Good morning.
5: Good morning, Bob.
3: Oh, it's foggy. Oh, it's I'm fine, but I, I almost got lost in a fog.
5: I'll tell you what. It looked like it rained last night.
3: It was so wet on the Ooh, yes. sidewalks and
5: everything. This
3: yes, morning. there was uh, a lot of mountain dew out on the lawn. Mountain dew? <laughs> yeah. I mean not not the highly caffeinated, highly sweetened beverage from the Mountain Dew company, the <laughs> traditional Mountain Dew.
5: A lot of people like Mountain Dew.
3: They do. Dentists especially. Dentists have said yes, that uh, they a fan. <laughs> they would encourage <laughs> their patients who chew gum to drink at least 30 quarts of Mountain Dew a week.
5: I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm
3: kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, kids. Don't don't drink that much Mountain Dew. Please. Mm, Please, okay. use use anything responsibly. That's my guidance. Everything in, pro- in moderation. Moderation. Yeah. So, you uh, promised yesterday that you had some good news about upcoming changes. Uh, dazzle me with the good news.
5: Well, I said there would be news and some good news with the changes for Medicare um, Advantage plans and Medicare Part D prescription plans going into 2024, and we're talking about it because annual open enrollment period for people that are on Medicare, of course, starts October 15th through December 7th, and that's that's the time period that we review people's existing coverage, and then look at what their coverage is going to change to as far as their plans, and then determine should they stick with what they have or should they move forward into a different plan that may be more advantageous for them. And all of it is effective January 1st. So good news. Good news is that, you know, there are price negotiations for 10 top prescriptions that will begin in 2024. And they're prescription uh, drugs like uh, Jardians, Eloquist, and those are very, very costly copays for people that need them. And they're very popular prescription drugs and supposedly work very well as, as well, which is a good thing. However, the price tag on those copays, Bob, for those prescriptions can be just cost prohibitive for some people. So in the negotiations with the Inflation Reduction Act, that was one of the outstanding uh, protocols that's going to start, but it's going to start in 2024, and it's going to allow Medicare to negotiate those 10 top uh, prescription drug uh, co-pays. And just yesterday, this is also good news, the um, insurance companies, the pharmaceutical companies, decided to um, not uh, appeal this decision and decided that they would Go ahead and allow those negotiations to begin. Uh, the not so good news, even after the negotiations, these copay reductions aren't going to take effect until 2026, at least on the books. I'm hoping we're going to see it maybe in 2025, but still, at least it's something to look forward to. And, you know, it's a reduction. And anytime we see a reduction in copays for Medicare beneficiaries, it's a good thing. Also, the new prescription drug plans that are on the market. This is why people need to shop this every year and their Medicare Advantage plans because when you have prescription drug coverage and you're on Medicare, there's a formulary. Formularies, Bob, are a list of medications. And in those formularies are a tier system. So there's five tiers. And tier, and that's what they place the um, the prescription in. So tiers one and two with, let's say, WellCare are a zero copay or a $5 copay. But any tier uh, prescriptions that are in tiers three, four, or five, well, those are brand name and specialty drugs. And that means you're going to pay 25% copay for those prescriptions. And that's a big ticket. However, that's why we do this, because last year, and there's also a deductible attached, last year the deductible for Tier 3, 4, or 5 medications, medication tiers was $505, dollars That's big. This year, excuse me, 2024, they have raised that to $545. Not good, and that's another reason why you need to look at your prescriptions, you need to look at what these copays are going to be and did they put that preferred or did they put that generic into a tier three? Because what they do, Bob, is they play with the numbers and they being the pharmaceutical companies, the insurance companies. So let's say, um, WellCare, a very popular Medicare Part D prescription plan, was $12 thereabouts a month in the premium that's the amount of money that you pay for the coverage. Well. Next year, they dropped it to almost a little less than $4 a month. That's a pretty big reduction. Again, good news. However, what often happens is they drop the premium coverage, but they um, put that Tier 2 drug into a Tier 3, and now, instead of no deductible, you have a $545 deductible. And so that's how they make up the money. So it looks from the get-go that it's a really good deal, but it may not be so. So, And, of course, Medicare Advantage plans, they come out every year. They change their plans every year, a lot of times for the better, but sometimes not. So you just need to shop your coverage because you can't change it beyond unless you're in special circumstances beyond that six-week period. So we're very, very busy, that's obviously in the fall, and uh, we're taking appointments between October 15th and December 7th, and you bring in what you have, we shop it and say, okay, this is what it's going to cost you going forward, here's the changes in your plan, how did it work for you, and do you want to stay on it? And we don't change people unless, number one, it makes economic sense and benefits and features. Because people don't like change, Bob. And if something's working, if it's not broken, you don't fix it, right? But if it is going to be broken, you want to know that ahead of time and then just get on a more appropriate plan, whether it's financial or benefits and features or a combination of both. We are at 1708 Vestal Parkway East, up behind Plato's Closet and Style Encore, You can reach us several ways for an appointment. You can simply give us a call at 607-772-4898. You can Google us at KSO Insurance. All of our contact information will come up, including our website. Or simply go to the phone book. If you missed our phone number, we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages.
3: All right. Well, that is good news. I appreciate the information
5: i'm glad to
3: give you some good news yeah all
5: right
3: well that's i like good news that's that's my motto too that's what i report the good news about america yes
5: and bad news sells right Uh, yeah yeah, you know
3: i hey when i i i'm thinking today i have actually no i have two stories i'm doing today and if if the lineup Stands, And here it is, 9.32, so it could change. If there's breaking good news, I'll report some good news. Unfortunately, I will have some less than happy news to report later today. But it's important news, and I shall not be deterred.
5: Well, that's your job, right?
3: I do my job, and I do it to the best of my ability. And Karen Sweet O'Neill, I appreciate the work you do, and we will talk again soon.
5: All right. Thanks for saying that, Bob have a good weekend.
3: Thank you. And the preceding was sponsored by KSO Insurance Solutions. News Radio
6: 1290 WMBS.
3: Welcome back my friends to the show. That always ends at noon Eastern Time. Bob Joseph live, doing the work others would like to do. (laughs) I am doing the job that so many people around the world would love. 607-772-1290. Back to those hotlines. Go to go. Jesse, you're
7: on the air. Wow. Now you're cooking where there's fire when it comes to the bumper music. I'm
3: going to say the hot
7: AM. Even your intro music was great. I'm like, wow, he didn't play that. I don't know what kind of music you played. That instrumental with the high-end drums. Actually, that's pretty good, I will admit. But I remember when you first started in talk radio, you had Boston on I missed the living crap out of that. That
3: was great. Just saying. Well, those, those boys from uh, Fenway do great work. It's, uh, unfortunately, they weren't able to get it done this year, but I'm sure next year they'll prevail and show the Yankees a thing or two.
8: <laughs>
3: next year, 2024 World Series, it's going to be the Mets versus the Red Sox, and it's going to go seven games in Game 7. Will be scoreless for fourteen innings, then finally, finally in the ninth inning, Red Sox will well, score you. score a run, and then the Red Sox will become world champions once again.
7: You know what? That bridge on nine sixty two J is still for sale if you want. It.
3: Mm. You know, okay. I I ask myself, Jesse, why? Why won't they remove the 962J sign? Why do they leave it there every day, mocking people, knowing full well that sign is not authorized under the New York State DOT sign guidelines? I say, yank it down, yank it down, and then send it to me so I could have it in the newsroom.
7: There's a song by Genesis, and it's called The Land of Confusion. There you go. I mean, how else can I freeze (laughs) it? Yeah, oh You know gosh. what? Uh, here's why I'm calling in, because uh, yesterday, of course, was my 60th birthday. Oh, yes. I Happy heard...
3: birthday again. Did you celebrate irresponsibly?
7: Uh, yes, I, I actually did. I, and I'm not paying the price. Not too bad.
3: Well, you know, after after a few decades, you start to learn certain lessons and techniques to celebrate, but not to the point of being absurd.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I learned, as you say, how to do things moderately. Yes. And by the way, uh, yesterday was like, holy smoke, uh, have you ever heard the years in history? I was listening to Don Morgan on his first news and I'm like, holy crappers, man, I must have been born on a very violent day. I'm like, isn't there anything positive that came out of October 3rd? I'm like, Don, can't you bring something positive out of it? And I didn't really hear anything positive out of it. (laughs) Like, wow.
3: Oh, if you look through history, if you look through history, if you focus on any specific date, you can find all sorts of, of bad things that happen on a particular day, and all sorts of good things. So it depends, depends how deep you want to go. They uh, there's a there's a kid in New York. He works at uh, a station called WCBS. It's a noted news station. They call it 880 News. They don't call it News Radio anymore because they're ashamed to be on the radio. Like newspapers are... No, I'm serious. They can't call it... They they rebranded themselves. I'm surprised we're even allowed to call ourselves News Radio WNBF. One of these days, it's just going to be News WNBF because people in traditional media, whether it's radio, TV, or newspapers, at least the people who run the companies, are ashamed of their core businesses. That's why, you know, Gannett used to call itself, I think, Gannett News Service, and now... They don't even mention newspapers as part of their name. And most TV and radio companies don't call themselves radio or TV companies. They're all media companies. They're they're ashamed. Anyway, uh, WCBS, the guy there, Wayne Cabot, almost every day does a feature, and it's called 88 Seconds in Sound. So it's about a minute and a half of looking back on different things that happened on a particular date. And I... I try to catch it most mornings, and it's fascinating to me. Like um, On this date in history, October 4th, uh, I believe it was 2020, the former guy, who was yet to be former, returned to the White House um, in a little helicopter that took a circuitous route from uh, Walter Reed Medical Center so he could land at the White House at almost 7 p.m. on the nose. So he he commandeered all the network newscasts so he could come back after being treated for COVID and then rip off his presidential mask on live TV to show his disdain for guidance from health experts. So that's what happened on this date in history. But, you know, so yes, bad things happen on every day if if you look back or if you're looking for good things. I'm sure something good happened on October 4th
7: the best thing I can tell you, and this is my advice, don't go to Walter Reed. Pray to God that you never end up in this place. Well, all I'm going to tell you about.
6: Well,
3: all, all pre- I'm going to say now. now here's yeah. the thing: if you're a member of Congress or the Commander in Chief, or a member of the Commander in Chief's family, the type of care you get at Walter Reed differs from the rest.
7: I would have to look up who Walter Reed is because, uh heck, didn't sound like the nicest guy on the planet base when I was there.
3: Oh, I'm He say. was there? Walter Reed was at the hospital?
7: He must have been. Well, they named it after him, didn't they? He,
3: well, usually yeah, they, they don't who? name something. They don't name something f- for someone until after they've died.
7: Well, that explains it. There well, you go. Oh. oh
3: yeah. Walter, uh, I, I have to look it up now because uh, now you've got yep. me curious. I have no idea well, who Walter Reed gotta
1: was. Be, there's got to be something
3: about him. Well, maybe he invented the first filter cigarette. I don't know. I just don't know what. I'm, I'm desperately here. <laughs> wow. uh, let's see. Don't Walter thing, uh, huh? Walter Reed's Clinic. <laughs> Hmm. Well, I don't know. Anyway, it's it's sort of a moot point. I'm sure I'm sure he did the best he could do and you know, oh, here it is. It's uh he was a US Army physician and sergeant who led the team that confirmed that yellow fever is transmitted by mosquitoes rather than direct physical contact. So, Walter Reed, I'm looking at a picture of him. He died at uh, the age of 51 in 1902. And uh, he uh, apparently was viewed as a very intelligent physician and researcher. So Uh, that's the story, kids, of Walter Reed.
7: There's an old story in a cassette tape that I think is still out there somewhere. If you can find it, it's called Dead Doctors Don't Lie.
3: Well, I will say this. Over the years, there were a lot of doctors who actually recommended (laughs) that there's Patients smoke tobacco cigarettes, so think about that. That puts some things in context. I mean, if you look back into the fifties and sixties, when newspaper or when cigarette advertising was still legal, you see a lot, a lot of doctors recommended, "Mmm, delicious, delicious, nutritious cigarettes. It'll, it'll help your throat," you know, according to Doctor Bob. And I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. I I mean, it's it's weird. You know what? Speaking of weird, boy, we get off onto a a number of um, different topics. I was looking at a newspaper ad from 50 years ago, and they came up with a cigarette. And this is in 1973. And I can't help you about this because I never smoked tobacco. I have no idea what it might be like to smoke tobacco. It sounds like fun. But in 1973, some cigarette company came out with a variation of their uh, their uh, smoke sticks called Twist, and it was a lemon flavored cigarette.
7: <laughs> I can't imagine that.
3: Yeah, well, it didn't it didn't go anywhere. But I they had an ad. It was 50 years ago this week in the Evening Press. <laughs> there was a big ad for Hmm twist cigarettes cigarettes have taken a new twist i'm thinking i don't know i don't know if if i had known about it of course back in the day i was too young to be smoking cigarettes tobacco that is and um i i don't know if i'd known about lemon flavored cigarettes i i might have taken up the tobacco habit and my life could probably be changed i probably wouldn't be here today because if i had started smoking lemon cigarettes in 1973, my guess is I would like them so much that I'd be dead by now.
7: 1973? (laughs) (laughs) Mm. There was a lot more things
3: going on than that, Bob. Delicious lemon cigarettes. Enjoy.
6: I mean, now, if they came
3: up with, like, Reese's peanut butter cigarettes, like uh, a mix of chocolate and peanut butter for cigarettes... I probably would be up to 7 packs a day. Of course in New York state yeah. I wouldn't be able to afford it. What do you know how much a pack of smokes costs now in New York state is up to was it up to $8 now? I mean the prices. No, four, 14 bucks. $14 for what? A carton? No, a pack. A pack of smokes is $14 in New York? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Oh
7: yeah. Oh yeah, you got to look up Newport. Yeah. How can people afford that? I have no idea. Somehow they have a way of doing it.
3: Well, that's why people need $20 an hour.
7: You know what? The best thing I like about my cheap beers is they're cheap. <laughs> well,
3: I've heard that. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Uh, 945. We do have our phone, fun, though. We do have our phone, though, too, at 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph residing over, this is kind of the Seinfeld show of radio some days. It it feels almost like a show about nothing. Although we can talk about something if you have local issues you'd like to talk about or even national politics, you can talk about it. Yes, that phone line is yours. 607-772-1290. Wednesday morning, live on WNBF. 48. This is WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph on your Wednesday morning. have to be cool to be kind. 949 at WNBF. Well, our little uh, summer bonus week will be coming to an end Friday. So don't don't worry. We still have, uh, looks like another day and a half or so. Maybe almost two more days of uh, fairly delightful weather. But then into... Every life, some rain will fall, and that will start on Friday. In fact, at some point, there could be some heavy rain. So let's dive into the forecast from the National Weather Service. First, as you perhaps have noticed, there is some patchy, dense fog still around the Binghamton area, and that may be with us for another hour or so. Mostly cloudy early today then gradual clearing with a nice afternoon. High 84 sounds to me. Like the definition of a beautiful summer day in the Twin Tiers. Not bad for early October. Tonight mainly clear, low 59. Tomorrow mostly sunny, high 79. And mostly cloudy Friday with a chance of showers, high 73. Then just general guidance so you know what we're going to be dealing with. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, showers are a chance of showers. And the other point that you will be um, unsurprised about is uh, things are starting to cool off. Actually, uh, today will be the warmest day of the bunch. So today, we'll wind up probably today in the mid-80s here in downtown Binghamton, which is fantastic, but I would submit to you this will be the last day in the mid-80s until sometime next spring. So if you want to work on your tan, you... Probably better do it today and tomorrow or else go and get some of that orange stuff. As far as um, rain guidance, here's something to consider. According to the National Weather Service, a strong cold front will move through the region, bringing periods of moderate to heavy rainfall on Friday night into Saturday night. Heavy rain Will bring a chance for localized flooding across low line and poor drainage areas. So that's coming up Friday night into Saturday. Right now it's 62 in downtown Binghamton. Air quality is moderate, not as delightful as it has been most of this week. The air quality index, AQI, is 53. That's moderate. So you should uh, breathe and alternate minutes, odd even. 9.52 WNBF. ...minutes before the hour. doop. <laughs> Just getting you set for, as they say, the inevitable. Uh, coming up today on WNBF Power Radio, we will have Dan Bongino with his latest prognostications. So that's from noon to three. And then Sean Hannity from three to six with some amazing predictions and speculation... And then, not to be outdone, constitutional expert, Mark Levin, tonight from 6 to 9. It's all right here. When it comes to talk, we got it. WNBF and WNBF.com. Let's see. Oh. So, here's something that doesn't happen every day, fortunately. um, They apparently, a few days ago, were putting in some new utility poles, on Watson Boulevard in Endwell. And somehow when they put in a new utility pole, it seemed to cause a problem with uh, a sewage line. I don't know precisely how it happened or why, but it did. And so I don't know if the if the sewer line main was was actually ruptured or busted or something happened and there Therefore, there was a spillage, a discharge of of some sewage, and it apparently was close enough to some sort of storm sewer line. So some of it wound up in Brixius Creek in the town of Union. So that was kind of unusual. So I went out and did a little story on that. if you want to see more details about it, including the delightful video, video you're not going to see anywhere else as they were working on this, uh, check it out at WNBF.com. I know it's the type of story you don't hear about often, but you do hear about it because it's news. It's different, and they work to fix it, fortunately. It's 957, Bob Joseph on WNBF.
0: This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a Town Square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio
2: 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy through mid-morning, then gradual clearing, high near 84. Mostly clear tonight, low around 59. Mostly sunny Thursday, high near 79. Repair work is underway on crumbling concrete sections of a railroad railroad bridge in the city of Binghamton. A report released in August concluded the Norfolk Southern span over Glenwood Avenue had significant structural, or safety, concerns that needed to be addressed by the railroad. Crews from Vector Construction of North Dakota have been working on the bridge for the last couple of weeks. The company was hired by Norfolk Southern to perform the repairs. Project Foreman Robert Garrett told WNBF News that all of the concrete columns supporting the bridge structure are being addressed first, Then workers will move to the top section of the span to repair the other walls. Work on Glenwood Avenue was expected to continue over the next several weeks. A broken sanitary sewer line that resulted in a discharge into a town of Union Creek was linked to a recently installed utility pole. Workers at a town building on Wayne Street spotted discolored water in the creek in Edwell on Monday. Town Public Works Supervisor Lou uh, Coforio said the source of the sewage discharge could not be immediately determined. Crews on Tuesday morning began working to pinpoint the source of the problem. They eventually determined the broken sewer main was in front of a house on Watson Boulevard near North Seward Avenue. Coforio said the trouble appeared to have been caused by a new utility pole that was set in place about a week ago. Sewage from the damaged main apparently poured into a storm sewer line, which carried the discharge to the creek about two blocks to the south. Crews from the O'Connell Electric Company worked to keep the pole in place while excavation operations were started to get access to the broken main. Traffic along the busy section of Watson Boulevard was slowed because one lane of the street was closed for the repair project. Coforio said people who lived in nearby homes weren't affected by the work. The amount of sewage discharged had not been determined. A neighbor who witnessed 9-year-old Charlotte Cena being rescued in upstate New York is describing the scene as right out of a movie. Carol Brown says her first thought was maybe it was a drug bust. Instead, officials had traced a ransom note fingerprint to the suspect's kidnapped, kidnapper's camper. Charlotte's discovery on Monday ended a two-day search after she disappeared during a family camping trip. 46-year-old Craig Nelson Ross Jr. was arrested Monday. He was arraigned overnight on a charge of first-degree kidnapping and is being held without bail. A message-seeking comment was left with the Saratoga County Public Defender's Office, which represented Ross at his arraignment. An enhancement has been made to the existing New York State Move Over Law, sponsored by Senator Leah Webb, extending the law to all non-emergency vehicles stopped on the roadway. This is in addition to the existing law, providing increased protection for motorists and emergency responders alike. With this enhancement on the Move Over Law, the aim is to decrease fatalities and serious injuries due to crashes involving a stopped or disabled vehicle on New York State roadways. Senator Leah Webb noted that personal vehicles stopped on the sides of highways remained a safety hazard, with nearly 300 drivers being struck and killed roadside annually. From 2016 to 2020, 37 individuals lost their lives outside disabled vehicles in New York. Pennsylvania State Police in Tawanda were called to Standing Stone Township in Bradford County, Pennsylvania for a report of a deceased male found in the Susquehanna River. An autopsy was performed by a forensic pathologist who related the death is not suspicious in any manner and was ruling a a drowning. The deceased identity is unknown at this time. The male is described as approximately 40 years old, around 5 foot 8 inches, with short hair and facial stubble. He was found wearing blue jeans and a black in-color T-shirt. Anyone with information on the identity of this person is asked to call the Pennsylvania State Police Tawanda Criminal Investigation Unit. A New York judge has imposed a limited gag order with a stern warning after Donald Trump disparaged a key court staffer during his civil business fraud trial. Judge Arthur Engeron issued the order Tuesday. The order pertaining to all court staff came after Trump recirculated a social media post assailing Engeron's principal law clerk. Trump deleted the post after the judge called him and all the lawyers into a closed-door session. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is news Radio 1290
0: WNBF. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. News Radio
6: 1290
3: WNBF. Good morning, Bob Joseph live another hour coming at you from News Radio WNBF.
7: I got some troubles, but they won't last. I'm gonna lay right down here in the grass, and pretty soon all my troubles will pass because 'Cause I'm in shoo
5: shoo 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 shoo
3: shoo 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 Ten past the hour with Bob Joseph here at WNBF, your station. We've been doing this, it seems almost a century, so we have no intention at the moment of stopping. I was going to talk about you-know-who, but suddenly, (laughs) suddenly a bright, shiny object appeared in front of me, and it's cinnamon rolls. (laughs) Thank you, New York Times cinnamon rolls look at this a whole page cinnamon rolls with a surprise twist so at least for the next two minutes i'll try to avoid talking about you know who back to the phones we go good morning wnbf you're on the air what's your first name and where
9: are you calling from patrick from the town of binghamton good Morning. how are you doing this morning bob
3: i am well how are you
9: i am well and uh but i'm very concerned with the uh district attorney position And, uh, you know, I'm worried about the money. You know how they say, follow the money. And, um, you know, Batisti brags about having thousands of clients that he's defended. And going forward, if he was the district attorney and any of these cases came back up, they'd all have to be handled by a special prosecutor. And uh, I'm hearing... A half a million dollars or, or, you know, ridiculous amounts of money. So, once again, the money is a big issue here. And, uh, you know, and you and I have spoke before about his still unwillingness, apparently, to come on your show. So, um, what do you think about all this?
3: Well, I think he should come on the program and we could talk about that and other things. He's, As he knows, and I've talked to him off the air. As well as on the air. He he knows he's always welcome here. We I will say this, I mean, we don't talk very often, but when we do, it's always cordial and we have a good I think a good professional relationship. So I'm I'm not gonna rule out that he won't be back on the program at some point. I I mean he knows he's welcome. This is of all the places in Broome County, this may be one of the most welcoming places for anyone.
9: Well, and if he's got, you know, some defense for some of these things, I, I I agree with you. I wouldn't see why he wouldn't want to sit down and talk with you. Well, he may. And, uh, you
3: know, I mean, I will say this. The clock is ticking. The election will be held November 7th, and um, actually early voting will begin before the end of the month. So my my sense is that anybody who... Is a candidate for something would would want to be on the program sooner rather than later.
9: Yeah, I guess one of my other issues in all of this is, you know, these people that are in these positions—sheriff, district attorney—I don't think these people are supposed to have a political agenda, and you know that scares me a little. And uh, you know, and it's uh, it's something that goes on. In other words one of the things that's my understanding is our legal system is changing throughout the country. You know, people are fed up with, with um, not being comfortable with, with the legal system. And uh, you know, so there, there needs to be some big changes in this area. And I think that's one of the things that Mr. Ryan is talking about is that uh, he wants to be a part of that. He wants to really, I mean, he's his whole career has been about, um working for the people, I mean he was a mayor at sixty thousand dollars a year. He made way more than that when he was a public defender so um um you know he's the people person he's a caring person, and uh you know that's kind of what he's all about so um you know, so all
3: right well, stay I'm, tuned uh we we certainly will always will always facilitate whether it's a one on one conversation. With the candidates, or for that matter, um, debate—not not an official debate, not something where somebody is standing next to me with a stopwatch and saying, "All right, sixty seconds are up. That's it." Now, a, a conversation—I would, I would say, what I do on the program is conversational. So that's you know, the the candidates both the, uh, know that. They are welcome to have a conversation with each other in the studio. I think it would be constructive. I think, I think they both would learn something from each other, even if they're political if they're political opponents. And that's hey, it, whether you like it or not, the DA's office, the DA's position is chosen by the people every four years. So inevitably, politics is is part of the process. But even if you're a political opponent. Hearing what your opponent has to say could actually be helpful. So I appreciate your call. Thank you so much. It's 1016. This is Bob Joseph, just trying to help. 607 772 1290. You're listening to WNBF at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. 1019 Real Talk for Real People Across America This is Wednesday, Binghamton Now Back to the phones we go Andy and Vestal, good morning, you're on the air
4: Good morning, Bob I just wanted to remind Vestal constituents Don't forget, Sunday from noon to 4 At Arnold Park Fundraiser for the real democracy for, um for bestle.com, uh, candidates, Maria Sexton for town supervisor, Glenn Miller and, um, Robert Green for, uh, town council, uh, seats will be available to meet and greet and, and answer any questions. That any Vessel constituent has of these of the three candidates, and it's a very important. This is extremely important in an election. There's a lot of issues in Vessel that have has not been addressed for many many years. And um, if anyone wants to read their website, www.realdemocracy4vessel.com, please do so. It so it shows. Platforms and the, the platform, as well as what they are planning, what they would be planning to do, starting January one. So uh, I think it's some. It, 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 it's been a lot of preparation uh, for all three of them uh, for this website, and it, it explains everything.
3: All right. Anything about the um, the roundabout over at the four corners? Have they taken a position about putting in a? Roundabout over at the Four Corners there uh, near the Vestal-Endicott line.
4: You might have to ask um, uh, the former mayor, Ryan, because he knows
3: about roundabouts. Uh, I did have a discussion with him recently about roundabouts, and we, it, he also noted with interest that they they now have removed his name from, they used, to, they used to call it here in downtown Binghamton on Court Street, the Ryan Roundabout, and now it was rechristened the Parlor City Circle, and he told me, he said, well... I don't really care. I mean he, he is proud of the roundabout and I think he enjoyed being associated with it for a decade, but with the renaming he didn't he didn't seem to be that bothered. i if it was me, if it was the Joseph roundabout and they changed the name, I I would have taken it hard.
4: I have a question. Um, was it? Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't that roundabout, wasn't that money for that roundabout, if it wasn't used for the roundabout, because there was money that had to be spent in a certain amount of time, then if he didn't use it for the roundabout, it would have disappeared, the, 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 the funding for this roundabout? because I could have thought they could have spent it on other things like um, maybe flood mitigation for the city of Binghamton
3: or, you know, things, you know, or at least money towards something like that. No, I I, I can't tell you all the strings that were attached, but definitely the federal and state money that was used for the Court Street uh, Improvement Project going back uh, a little over a decade ago, that money was not Available to try to protect the city from flooding. So, if anybody who tries to um, suggest that, oh, if we didn't didn't have the roundabout and then the rest of the Court Street improvements done, uh, we would have had an extra whatever millions of dollars for flood protection. That that argument won't fly because that money was not available for flood mitigation. But it was also tied in with the city's desperate need to redo, uh, I believe, two or three blocks of Court Street. I believe the section of Court Street between the bridge over the Shenango River and then up to the Shenango and Exchange Street intersection, that had to be redone. And so as part of the project, I think it was, I don't know that the state and federal governments would say it was mandatory. It was strongly suggested that you have a roundabout there. Roundabouts, as we saw just recently in the town of Dickinson, they're they're the preferred way.
4: It's the slow traffic,
9: isn't
3: it? No. Well, it's not just a s- slow traffic. It's they're safer and they're more efficient. I mean, look, I just went through the the roundabouts in the town of Dickinson this morning, and it's amazing how safe and efficient they are compared to the past when you had uh, traffic signals and people getting confused and and then all the money it costs to power the signals and maintain them you know those lights on traffic signals andy they don't last forever yeah so once you build a roundabout the basic thing is uh, relatively inexpensive maintenance that you don't have to have crews out there in the the dead of winter or the the heat of summer, the the roundabout, for the most part, will maintain itself, generally. Well,
4: I don't know about the roundabout at Four Corners, but I suppose, because that's still part
3: of a highway, but... But it's it's feasible. It's eminently feasible, and it certainly would be more efficient. Have you ever waited at that traffic signal over at Four Corners? I mean, come on, man. I don't have time for that. yeah, you know, many times. Yeah, I I have, uh, and this is, I know, this is a first-world problem, so most people don't care. But when I go through the four corners there at the Parkway and, and Main Street and Vestal, I find myself thinking, I've got places to go and people to see, and all I'm doing is sitting here looking at, at the stores to the left and jokers on the right. Yeah, you know, I'm
4: surprised you didn't come out and song. That's from Bye Bye Birdie. Um, that those couple
3: lines you just said. But go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I'm 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 about finished here. Actually, I'm going to wrap up early so I can go get lunch. So All right, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for your participation. Thank you, everybody. Sorry that I I'm completely out of content now. So I'll I'll just leave early unless we get a phone call. Otherwise, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Bob Joseph, live. I know uh, most days I have 3 hours worth of content but today I don't know I guess I I guess I'm talked out I'm sorry WNBF Binghamton. Bob Joseph, turns out that's not really an option. I thought I had an option if I ran out of things to talk about that I could leave before 1030, but it was pointed out to me, actually, no, you you can't leave. The control room door is uh, essentially and figuratively locked until noon. They can't literally lock it because it would probably be against the law. If they locked me in here, I could probably be... Construed as just plain wrong So I'm here I'm here for another 90 minutes But that's okay I'll find out some stuff to talk about Actually I'm looking up there at the Fox cable channel And uh, someone named Kennedy is speaking Kennedy is wearing orange I guess that's the color of the day Because of the ongoing trial In New York City And they were talking about Of all things A singer who now is affiliated with the uh, football. So that shows you even they, even at the Fox cable channel, even they are having difficulties coming up with a lot to talk about because um, their contributor named Kennedy wearing orange color du jour because of the trial in New York City, uh, they were talking about uh, a singer who apparently plays football. That's all I can discern. I'm not sure, not sure why you would spend that kind of time talking about a singer, I guess. I guess they uh, are going for the younger crowd there at Fox. It's 1031. Speaking of things I haven't talked about yet, and I think this is actually a good thing, Narcan, naloxone, it saves lives. We have covered this before on the program. I actually, um, over the summer, uh, picked up a free naloxone kit. So, if, heaven forbid, I run into someone who needs uh, naloxone, also known by its brand name of Narcan, uh, if they need it, I've got it. And I was trained. doesn't take long to learn how to administer a dose of naloxone. It's an opioid reversal medication. And... Who knows how many lives have been saved? Probably millions of lives. Probably even here in Broome County, hundreds or even thousands of lives have been saved since Narcan has been available to law enforcement agencies and medics and even the general public. And I see that Austin City Limits Festival, the Austin City Limits Festival, which will be coming up soon, apparently in Austin, is... uh, they're going to hand out free naloxone to people at the music festival. I think that's great. So uh, a nonprofit that tours music and art festivals will hand out free naloxone. They're going to set up a booth at the Austin City Limits Festival, and that's a good thing. I think they should have that option available everywhere. I mean, even, say, at the Speedy Fest or... At golf tournaments or even at sports events, baseball games or hockey games, they should have naloxone at hand just in case. Not because we expect anyone to need it, but just in case. It's 1033 at WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from?
8: Well, it's John from Binghamton,
3: Bob. Hi, John.
8: How are Uh, you today? uh, Good, good. Uh, I I seldom recommend anything to anybody, but I think uh, people that are interested in civic affairs locally should view, and it's on YouTube, ECTV, the Scranton City Council meeting last night. Uh, The place was packed, and they should listen to the engaged citizens of Scranton because many, many of, uh, there's many similarities. Of course, the state governments, the way they operate, are vastly different. But uh, the issues down there, first of all, you know, 30, 40 years, they've been, uh, you know, the same old stuff. But one the speaker, Lee Morgan, uh, got up and he actually blamed the citizens for continuing to elect uh, these people on the basis of. Uh, you know, glad handing at uh, spaghetti dinners and and things like that. That that the failure of the city of Scranton was the failure to elect people uh, that could do the job. And he he castigated his his fellow speakers there for putting up campaign signs for for people uh, that they knew all well and good were. Uh, you know, more of the status quo uh, than before. So it, it, it's very, because they have a young mayor down there. They have a female mayor uh, who's not from Scranton, who came into Scranton, and she was fairly charismatic, but she's dumber than a box of rocks. And I was going to go down there last night, uh, but the people that I, I wanted to see they haven't been there recently, but they were there last night. But it, it's very, very interesting because, uh they created a lot of authorities it's Grant. one they have a uh, a water and sewer authority that they created the money was taken out of there uh systematically and now uh it's been offloaded to a to a private uh concern and uh just just scandal after scandal uh they have a 2.5 wage uh, tax there and uh you know many many local residents uh, stuck with the community. This is sort of like Binghamton used to be.
3: Wait, hold oh. on. Hold on, I'm just uh, just punching up a random spot here from their... Um Scranton City Council meeting last night. I just want to hear how the audio is. Yeah.
1: Some of the pieces we were already planning to do with these funds, that would be great. But I don't want to be super optimistic there. It takes a lot to reach that disaster threshold.
3: Okay, that's the mayor of Scranton. But interestingly, I, I've taken a quick look at, at random segments of this production from the Scranton City Council meeting. The disturbing part of this from ectv which can be found on youtube and it shows the scranton city council meeting from last night is it's professionally produced it has um a well designed some would say almost slick open and the video the cameras i don't know how many cameras they're using Appears maybe two or three cameras maybe more um graphics when they're referring to something and in this case the mayor is talking about spending money for pools or different things. Uh, they put graphics on that make it crystal clear what they're discussing. They even have her, and I have paused it uh, for the moment, on a little box insert, but it doesn't uh, obstruct the numbers that are are being discussed. So, in in other words, I find it very disturbing that they're putting forth such a very user-friendly and viewable professional production when governments here in Broome County are unable to do that. Maybe, John, you can help explain to me why in Scranton, the city council meetings are so user-friendly, easy on the eyes as far as professional uh, cameras and angles and lighting, plus graphics, and uh, even, as we just heard, Beautifully sounding audio. Why why can't that be done in Binghamton?
8: Well, uh, look no further than the Broome County Legislature. You know that this is a half a billion dollar a year government. They meet once once a month for less than an hour and uh, have no citizen allowed for no citizen input. Uh, and they don't even put the damn thing on TV. Yeah, this is supposed to be Bob. This is supposed to be the home of innovation. <laughs> and 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 you know w- what's interesting? We've actually gone downhill. I mean, the city used to have a video switch box where uh, a city employee uh, used to switch uh, the 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 uh, cameras. Limited limited.
3: Production. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't high quality, but it was better than what they have now. Now, and and it, pardon me for being blunt, I've seen security cameras that offer better resolution and better color quality and a better overall viewing experience than than what we have at City Council. And audio, don't get me started on audio. And when they're talking about specific proposals whether it's uh, resolutions or other other things, there's absolutely no effort to inform the the viewer what what they're talking about. You have no no idea uh, about the language and the resolution i I just don't understand now obviously I'm in no position to criticize because here I've just got a radio program and you know I've got my hands full with this, so I'm not saying I could do a better job. It just seems to me if the people in Scranton can put on this kind of production, why can't we send some of Binghamton and Broome County's people down to Scranton one of these nights? Maybe they could carpool, maybe, and take some of their colleagues from Johnson City, and Endicott, and Vestal. And maybe some of the other municipalities. Oh, heck, even Tioga County, <laughs> and and a we go. They they all a uh, van pool down to Scranton City Council and take notes to see how to do it. They even have in the opening shot here. It looks like a, um, maybe it's a static shot of of the control room. I mean, it it looks for all the world it looks professional. I don't I don't know how if we're the Valley of Opportunity and the Land of Innovation, how uh, they have us be on, on the quality production of a government meeting.
8: Well, it, it goes to what the contract with the cable systems uh, say. Now, nobody has uh, asked the city council people uh, if they have in their attache case the current contract with Spectrum Cable in the city. of See, people, people have lost sight. They call you and they say, well, my cable bill's gone up. Well, they don't understand something. The the cable companies operate uh, with the privilege of the local governments, whether it's the town of Union or the city of Binghamton. So their public officials, the way they negotiate these contracts directly affect you know the quality of the of the cable cast uh, what the cable cast uh, would do pro bono for the community they, this this is all in the contract and uh i bet you that i haven't seen a copy of that contract with any municipality i bet you the average person has it so they they put the onus on the cable company but the cable company's only uh doing what they are allowed to do uh, by the local government, which grants the franchise, you know theoretically, Bob, uh, a municipality could say, "Hey, uh, we don't want charter anymore. we'll bring in Adams or we'll bring in Comcast i don 't know if that would be an improvement or not, but the, the the point is is that these things can be opened up and renegotiated, uh, but what's happened to Binghamton is and you see it there's no passion, there's no zeal. Uh, vestal is an extreme example you look at those salary increases in vestal this is what they've got away with Uh, 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 you know the people weren't monitoring the government there's only been a couple of things in the last 10 years where people have attended the meetings one is the Bun Hill Road project Uh, that was big Uh, I'm trying to think of something else that happened recently I I can't call it up right now, but there was another thing I think in in Binghamton, maybe the the uh, uh, sewer and water. Uh, but but people don't show up at these meetings. And let's let's look at the time changes. Vestal went to a from a seven or a seven thirty public meeting till till five. I mean, the meetings used to be so late in Vestal that I would go to a city council meeting and then then run up to Vestal and, and catch the remainder of that meeting. Uh, you've got the city council meeting at six o'clock the county legislature meeting at five o'clock uh, you know
3: why do they meet so early are they afraid of of crime if they are out later is is it a, a matter of of personal safety that they they don't want to hold meetings at a time that would be more convenient for most of their constituents
8: no it's because they want to get, uh, enriched in the dark. The darker things are, the less transparency uh, that you have. I mean, most people have no idea uh, what the town supervisor in Vestal does all day long. They have no idea. And if you knocked on, say, if you knocked on a registered nurse's door she probably was so sleepy that she you know couldn't get up and answer her door but if you did and he said you know could you could you uh, guess the salary of the vestal town Super- or the vestal highway superintendent uh they would be flabbergasted if they knew uh uh how these salaries have have been raised because they're beat at the end of the day they're beat these public officials uh walk around uh with their Wolf and shepherd shoes on, doing a soft shoe, never breaking a sweat on anything, uh, never re- returning their calls. You know, an interesting thing in, in, in Scranton is uh, th- they were talking about returned phone calls from the, the mayor. And she looks, to those that haven't seen her, she looked ex- exactly like the uh, girl that played in the Clueless movies. That's what she looks like. But uh, the. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's no, no excuse. Like, for example, if you call Jared Cram, Jared Cram should have a legal pad on his desk in the morning with, with calls. He should spend however long it takes personally returning those calls. This guy isn't the head of IBM Endicott. you know. This guy is a two-bit guy, 30 years old, who never worked a job, has no resume. And I would say this, Bob, you want to talk about the roundabout? Let's talk about those $800 garbage cans. And you go around the city. Go in front of the Masonic Temple. Uh, that was supposed to be cleaned up. Look at all the garbage and cans of spam and everything else.
3: Oh, I you was know, just over there. And, and I'll tell you, Whoever, whoever is uh, eating all that lunch and meat and the other, other prepared food, I, I haven't been there when the people are eating that food, and I'm not a dietitian, And I also know my diet's not, not anything to uh, be proud of, but, but I eat better than whatever they're eating. And, and yeah, to, to your point, though, a lot, of, a lot of the mess out there, oh, my goodness. And I, you're right. I, I, thought, I thought they said they were going to clean that up.
8: Well, they sit there and read these government, they, they're plotting the next election, they're plotting their Facebook entries and, and all their social media, uh, they're, they're reading the city and state. Uh, trade papers, you know, the governmental trade papers, and, 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 you know, they all want to be like these people, uh, you know, Sununu or somebody else, and, and, and now we have a whole cast of characters whose parents were in politics to some degree or another, and they're just playing this demographic card, uh, oh, well, I'm, I'm 40, 40, I'm gonna inject young energy. Well, there's no energy except the manic, uh, type, uh, uh, going from one event to another to take selfies. That's, that's where their energy is directed. They don't know how to run anything. We don't have seasoned people, but believe me, believe me, Bob, and just look at Johnson City, and that's a good example, between the nonprofit, our hospital, our community hospital, by the way, the nonprofit hospital and the university uh, expanding completely. You know, the taxpayer hasn't got a uh, an even break. And as far as apartments go that run, that uh, are rent to yuppies or whatever you want to call them, if those people don't have children, guess what? The school district doesn't get the per diems. So Johnson City is uh, creating a, a Hollywood set down there of make-believe, and it's not generating any Revenue. These people don't know anything about economics. All they know how to do is tax and spend and borrow and spend and give away money and distort the, the tax map. Uh, if you go back, uh, say, to 1965 or 1970, everything in Johnson City was on the tax rolls except, uh, uh, you know, the high school. So, I mean, they, they, they better get their act together. This is, this is a charade and uh you know the the average person is going to pay more and more and more and let me tell you something. These salaries for these public officials, they need to be capped. They need to be approved. Every repay raise needs to be approved uh, by the public. Oh, you know, like in Binghamton, they had that famous, like, oh, well, we wanted to take politics out of it. Uh, automatic pay raises, uh, like, like, uh, they're, uh, some, like they're in the steel workers or something. I mean, you know, give me a break.
3: All right. Well, appreciate your thoughts on multiple issues. It's 1048. This is WNBF in Binghamton. Although the program is called Binghamton now, we certainly talk about Vestal and Johnson City and, well, Endicott, go, Windsor. I remember once we talked about Halstead. So we'll talk about pretty much anything. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the trial. We'll talk more about the trial as the program continues. So, as they say on the radio, don't touch that dial. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF.
0: This is News Radio 1290 AM. WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton. A Town Square media station.
3: Live on a Wednesday morning. Back to the phones. Vic from the Forks. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning,
10: Bob. Good day to you. Good day. I would just like to say before I talk about what I called in about that I really appreciate John S's uh, political knowledge and, and the fact that he is so engaged in local and national politics. And uh, if I could, I'd take him in person. So I think this is about the next best thing. However. I'm calling about the race uh for the district attorney, um and I'm wondering if you remember back when um you talked uh uh Batisti about the seven thousand um unresolved uh, crimes that went through Mr. Korchak's hands, as mister Batisti stated. Um has have you any knowledge of the fact that Mr. Uh, Batisti uh, sent out all kinds of flyers. Uh, He had TV commercials all based on the uh, uh, failure of Mr. Korchak filing these uh, uh, charges against the people who were being charged as a DA. And uh, the fact that he was asked where he got the number from, and he said he foiled Albany for him. Well, that foil request was foil requested in itself and mister Battisti never foiled requested Albany for for the unresolved cases in Broome County. That means all those flyers that he put out to people were a lie. Those T V commercials were a lie because he said he foiled those numbers I have no record of him foiling anything that had anything to do with Mr. Korchak's
3: record? Well, maybe the maybe the records are inaccurate.
10: Uh, I, no, Bob, I've I request requested myself. If, they're, if they have records and they don't want to share them with you, they put you on a 30-day extension, and then they can re-extend that, too. Uh, I've done a lot of request requests. Uh, if the records are inaccurate, they're going to tell you that the records are inaccurate. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, government's not always honest, but when it comes to, For request, they're pretty, pretty good about it. It was like when I
3: well, but they're not infallible. I've I've never come across any government agency or office that has a one hundred percent record of accuracy. So maybe they have a high record of accuracy, and maybe they even have a high record of honesty. But but remember. there there are people who work in each of these offices. You know, they haven't been totally replaced by AI yet. Once they're replaced by AI, then I guess everything will be fine. But as long as people are involved, it's always a possibility that the information that they release could be inaccurate.
10: Well, I'm writing a letter. I'm in the process of writing a letter. I've got I've got my information. And I actually got a copy of the FOIA request that was put in Albany. And... Um, uh, I work with a concerned group of citizens who want uh, the DA's office not to be owned by any any special interest group, but to be representative of the people of Broome County. And uh, I am in the process of writing a letter to the Ethics Committee in Albany, over there on I think it's forty-seven uh, Front Street. I can't remember the address right now, but uh, I, I am writing them a letter asking them to to look into the. Uh, uh wave politicians have used albany as a stepping stone to a lie because that's you know that, that's basically until i can be proved wrong is my opinion that mr Battisti lied to the Broome county uh population by saying he foiled when in act actuality he didn't and if he did and that can be proven. When right now it's proven that he didn't, as far as I'm concerned. Well, as far as you're
3: concerned, but it still hasn't been proven. So that you're right. As far as you're concerned, you believe it's been proven unless there's something, a document, a documentation that is put out publicly and clearly states if, say, the state office, whatever office was involved— puts out a statement that categorically says this wasn't the case, well, you know, we'll just have to say, well, I guess the question, though, now is, well, then, if he didn't get it through a FOIL request, how did he get the information?
10: That's what people want to know about. All right. Well that's a good question.
3: Okay. I, I well, think I think that, of... that should be the focus as far as whether whether the information specifically was obtained through a foil request. I mean that's it is intriguing and, and certainly would be interesting if if it really didn't come as a result of a foil request. I mean, here's my question to you, since you are very familiar with foil request in New York State if you personally had foiled the information, they wouldn't have provided it to you?
10: No. They they are bound by law, the Freedom of Information
3: Act. I mean, why can't they? Here, here's my question of of that information. There was, as far as I know, the information didn't contain any any private information. Seems like the information that we're talking about ought to be public. So explain to me why if you or I or John from Binghamton or anyone else made a foil request for that information why it wouldn't have been made public.
10: Well, it can be made public if you send a press release out on it. It can be made
3: very Oh, public. okay. Well then, alright. Well, I, I just thought that that uh, one of the concerns was that uh, the average New Yorker wouldn't be able to get the information when in fact we probably could if we had thought of asking for it.
10: My concern isn't so much that getting that for a request out to the public my concern is aimed at one person a
3: character no i understand okay. no i i was here when the call began so i understand what your concern is i'm just raising other issues that are i think related to our conversation yes your your concern is is clear i i certainly understand what your concern is i'm not oh. i'm not oblivious
10: Oh, I appreciate that Bob i re- I really do. And I'm just trying to educate people uh, on the reason i I'm supporting Matt
3: Ryan is for right and we've we've it. documented that too. We covered when you made your uh, announcement endorsing the Democratic candidate sure, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that so the cool. fir- that's still it's the only time I've ever been to Davies and he's probably wondering, gee, Bob now knows exactly where the place is located which i always did but until that day i never knew how to get in i you know i walked right past the door and then you know someone comes out and says hey this is the place and i thought oh you must have to go through like a a side entrance or something and not through just the door right conveniently located obviously right right on on the street i didn't know it was that simple well, Bob, I, I wish people were more involved
10: in politics. Well, I do, too. 10% I, I mean, like John Solak is. I know.
3: Education. Everybody ought to get more involved, but I think we've come to the realization that most people, especially people who are still working and trying to raise a family, they just don't have the time or the energy. They may have the interest. They just don't have the time that it takes and the energy at the end of the day, most people are probably too exhausted. Thank you for your call. Appreciate your opinions. It's Wednesday morning, another hour still to come. This is Bob Joseph live on News Radio WNBF Binghamton. It's.
0: Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. This is News Radio
2: 1290 WNBF News. Cloudy through mid-morning, then gradual clearing, high near 84. Mostly clear tonight, low around 59. Mostly sunny Thursday, high near 79. Repair work is underway on crumbling concrete sections of a railroad, railroad bridge in the city of Binghamton. A report released in August concluded the Norfolk Southern span over Glenwood Avenue had significant structural or safety concerns that needed to be addressed by the railroad from Vector Construction of North Dakota have been working on the bridge for the last couple of weeks. The company was hired by Norfolk Southern to perform the repairs. Project Foreman Robert Garrett told WNBF News that all of the concrete columns supporting the bridge structure are being addressed first, then workers will move to the top section of the span to repair the other walls. Work on Glenwood Avenue was expected to continue over the next several weeks. A broken sanitary sewer line that resulted in a discharge into a town of Union Creek was linked to a recently installed utility pole. Workers at a town building in Wayne Street spotted discolored water in the creek in Edwell on Monday. Town Public Works Supervisor Lou uh, Caforio said the source of the sewage discharge could not be immediately determined. Crews on Tuesday morning began working to pinpoint the source of the problem. They eventually determined the broken sewer main was in front of a house on Watson Boulevard near North Seward Avenue. Gaforio said the trouble appeared to have been caused by a new utility pole that was set in place about a week ago. Sewage from the damaged main apparently poured into a storm sewer line which carried the discharge to the creek about two blocks to the south. Crews from the Okano Electric Company worked to keep the pole in place while excavation operations were started to get access to the broken main. Traffic along the busy section of Watson Boulevard was slowed because one lane of the street was closed for the repair project. Coforio said people who lived in nearby homes weren't affected by the work. The amount of sewage discharged had not been determined. A neighbor who witnessed 9-year-old Charlotte Cena being rescued in upstate New York is describing the scene as right out of a movie. Carol Brown says her first thought was maybe it was a drug bust. Instead, officials had traced a ransom note fingerprint to the suspect's kidnapped, kidnapper's camper. Charlotte's discovery on Monday ended a two-day search after she disappeared during a family camping trip. 46-year-old Craig Nelson Ross Jr. was arrested Monday. He was arraigned overnight on a charge of first-degree kidnapping and is being held without bail. A message-seeking comment was left with the Saratoga County Public Defender's Office, which represented Ross at his arraignment. An enhancement has been made to the existing New York State move-over Law sponsored by Senator Leah Webb, extending the law to all non-emergency vehicles stopped on the roadway. This is in addition to the existing law, providing increased protection for motorists and emergency responders alike. With this enhancement on the move-over Law, the aim is to decrease fatalities and serious injuries due to crashes involving a stopped or disabled vehicle on New York State roadways. Senator Leah Webb noted that personal vehicles stopped on the sides of highways remained a safety hazard with nearly 300 drivers being struck and killed roadside annually. From 2016 to 2020, 37 individuals lost their lives outside disabled vehicles in New York. Pennsylvania State Police in Tawanda were called to Standing Stone Township in Bradford County, Pennsylvania for a report of a deceased male found in the Susquehanna River. An autopsy was performed by a forensic pathologist who related the death is not suspicious in any manner and was ruling a, da- a drowning. The deceased identity is unknown at this time. The male is described as approximately 40 years old, around 5 foot 8 inches, with short hair and facial stubble. He was found wearing blue jeans and a black in-color T-shirt. Anyone with information on the identity of this person is asked to call the Pennsylvania State Police Tawanda Criminal Investigation Unit. A New York judge has imposed a limited gag order with a stern warning after Donald Trump disparaged a key court staffer during his civil business fraud trial. Judge Arthur Engeron issued the order Tuesday. The order pertaining to all court staff came after Trump recirculated a social media post assailing Engeron's principal law clerk. Trump deleted the post after the judge called him and all the lawyers into a closed-door session. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF.
3: Good morning. I'm Bob Joseph. This is Binghamton Now on your Wednesday morning. You can call in now, 607-772-1290 to talk on WNBF. Well, you know, you try to ignore it, but you can't ignore it forever. So let's dive right in and talk about Donald Trump, shall we? I know. Donald Trump, the gift that keeps on giving. And his trial uh, continues. Apparently, they intend to continue the trial despite the antics. Sometimes one might conclude that the the whole point of all the wacky antics and uh misbehavior is just designed to shut things down and have the judge say, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll just declare a mistrial because things are so totally out of control because the defendant is not able to contain himself and not able to Behave the way other Americans usually behave during serious fraud trials. I hope that anybody listening here today doesn't have to go through the trials and tribulations of being accused of fraud. It can't be good. On the other hand, if it gets If the case gets so far along, you've been indicted and ultimately it comes to trial, I really, really hope that you'll, as a defendant during a very serious trial in the state of New York, I really hope that you'll behave in a civil fashion. And I really hope that you don't attack the judge, don't attack the court staff or anyone else. That is not going to be in your long-term best interest. Now... The reality is most people, in fact, maybe all the people who are tuned in at this moment, don't have to worry about this because the odds of most of our listeners being accused of fraud in New York State are pretty slim. But again, we could learn something from what's going on in Manhattan this week. This is exactly the way not to behave as a defendant in a civil fraud trial. Do not behave this way. You will not gain. You will not pass go. You probably will go directly to jail, and you're not going to be able to pay or collect $200. All right, back to the phones. Good morning, WNBF. We're on the air with you. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Gary Westside. Hello, Bob. Hey, Gary. Good morning.
11: Yes, good morning. Hey, I, I read with interest your art, your story about the lockdown on North Street right there. The city's attempting, or is possibly going to have a lockdown on that house because of the crimes committed. Yeah, yeah, it's, at that uh, house. In a yeah, the neighbors,
3: the neighbors of that uh, beautiful apartment building at 34 North Street, at the corner of North and Chapin, they're calling the place a trap house. It's. Uh, place where it is said people go to buy drugs and then if they wish they use them there it is said
11: Mm. yeah
3: they should shut that
11: house down and but but i was curious what what do you know what the parameters are for the city to have a lockdown on a house is it like I noticed, uh, because you had mentioned in there that the police were there numerous times. I know there was a shooting and possibly a stabbing there. Oh, yeah,
3: stabbing. guy got stabbed. Mm -hmm. I talked to the guy who told me he got stabbed. He said one morning, I think he said around 6.15 or 6.30, some guy he didn't know stabbed him. And and then I think a few days later... uh, So he just came
11: up to him and stabbed
3: him? Well... I don't know that i didn't I didn't ask for the entire story we we were not that wasn't my focus. I was more focused on what goes on in the building because he saw me taking pictures of the building and he he wondered as anybody would if you were in an apartment house and you see a person taking pictures of your building, you wonder why, so we wound up having a conversation at first, he wasn't very happy to see me, but in the end. We talked for a while and got a, kind of a sense. I mean, he didn't invite me in. And, even, and by the way, even if he had, I'm not sure that I would go inside because I'm not sure that I want to be in, inside that place. But uh, on the other hand, as a journalist, I was curious about what goes on. So as far as the parameters and what the city has to go through under the current lockdown law, it's very specific. There is, uh, there is due process, as we reported. Uh, City Hall says that the clock is ticking. 30 days began um, after they officially notified the owners or apparently there's someone who has a land contract on this property, some other guy. And I haven't been able to connect with any, any of the people involved. Uh, the owners, listed owners, I think, are in the town of Binghamton, and I haven't been able to uh, find a phone number that works for them. And as far as the guy who may have the land contract, I, I don't have a phone number for him. But if they're listening, they should call me so I can get their side of the story. I want to know if they're really going to follow through on what they told the city, because apparently the city was informed or the corporation counsel's office, the attorneys, were informed that they planned to kick out the squatters and maybe start to address the issues.
11: That sounds like a very troubled house. And, you know, because uh, the reason I'm curious is that there's a house close by to me that is a trouble house, too. The police are always there. They've been there at least, at least a dozen if not more times in the last year, they were there yesterday. the SWAT team was there. There's a gentleman that lives there that constantly gets arrested, constantly gets let let out, and it's just a disturbance on the neighborhood, like everybody in the neighborhood knows what goes on there and and you know, I'm just curious, gee, how come they don't want to lock this house down? I know that they know that it's trouble. I spoke with the policeman. And they, he asked me, gee, who owns this house? I mean, it's ridiculous. And it's
3: an LLC that owns it. And I'm just curious. Well, like, of course, that's usually the case. With Not always, but I would say 90%, 95% of the time when we're talking about houses, whether they're trap houses or just nuisances, at a minimum, nuisance. we'll call them nuisances. And that's what the city yes. says because they, they've kept a, a running total of trouble since Christmas Eve at the house there at 34 North street. And they have a list, you know, noise complaints, um, assaults. Well, I don't know. Assaults, assaults are weird insofar as a lot of times, say if the, the cases where people were stabbed and shot at 34 North street, according to police, they can't, sometimes be incorporated into the point count so even though they're very serious because of i think a court decision and and it's designed i think to protect people who say live in a place and then make a complaint you know if they've been assaulted or shot or stabbed uh under the uh, current laws they can't use that as part of the point total when they're tallying up the points but i with respect to the house there on North Street, that exceeded the minimum number of points to constitute a, a nuisance under the city lockdown law. Um, uh, easily. Where can and, I investigate
11: this lockdown law? Well, I'm sure and where are the
3: points. Well, there, I I believe that some of it is on the city's website, but I also okay. say the, the truth about Binghamton's website and I'm not telling, this is no breaking news, City of Binghamton's website, although it's a lot better than it was five or ten years ago, still leaves a lot to be desired. A lot of information that I think ought to be easily accessible on the website either isn't accessible or is sufficiently hidden that the average person will give up after about five minutes. I mean, it's I don't know why the the information that Legitimately belongs to the people. Why it's not easy to find on Binghamton's website, but that's apparently right. like that's if ha- I was
11: to type in <laughs> lockdown, right, like in the search, then it should bring me to the laws of the lockdown. Well, let,
3: let me do that just out of curiosity because All right. and I don't you want know. I don't want people mad at me any more than they already are. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I got. I got to tell
11: you, I loved your conversation with uh, Joan yesterday. That was a uh, that was good radio there for a while. You guys were going back and forth, and it was very intense. Well,
3: I enjoyed it, and I yeah. I you I, I, I miss form. her, and I because she she used to call in, I think, more frequently, and now her calls are not as as frequent. But I what I enjoy about her is even if we might disagree on many, if not most things, she will still have a conversation. And, and she doesn't – I don't think when Joan and I are speaking about different issues, I never get the sense that she takes it personally if I don't affirm her. So if she says something and then I, I respond instead of saying, Joan, you're absolutely right, then I say something, well, Joan, here's what I think, and, and offering a different point of view, I, I never get the sense that she is too – Disappointed. I'm I mean occasionally she gets exasperated, which is her right, but I, I I think she enjoys just actually having a conversation. Clearly she's very knowledgeable and she keeps up on things and I, I think that's I think that makes for an excellent call. So thank you for noting yeah. that. So yeah, I the first thing that shows up when you do a Google search for City of Binghamton and lockdown law is um, some information. Um, That was posted in May of last year, where from the mayor's office, the headline news release, return of city law to target problem properties. Updated law gives city tool to shut down nuisance properties. So it's May of 2022. And that's when Mayor Cram announced the return of the lockdown law. And he says an update to the law followed New York State court decisions clarifying how municipalities can apply local nuisance laws. And by the way, um, a few months ago, and it may actually, I think it was, maybe it wasn't a few months ago, maybe it, I think it was more recent than that, I do believe I had a conversation, a phone conversation, off air with Mayor Cram, and we talked um, actually at length about the the lockdown law. It, and So it was, I mean, it was helpful for me, because he he explained how uh some things that you would think could be included in the point total when they're trying to decide if a place constitutes a nuisance um, that some t- some things can't be under under the court ruling. Um, anyway, you if you do a little further search now when Americram mayor Cram announced that last year. He noted city council will consider the lockdown law reform package at its May 16th work session. So if you go to Binghamton's website and go under the government section and click to city council, there's probably the actual uh, legislation that they considered and I believe they approved. So it probably includes more specific information. And if I look here. May 16th you said that was, right? Of last year. Right. Yeah. So look, yeah, so look at at the work session and maybe maybe not just that work session but also maybe the following one because it's complicated. Yep. Maybe they sp- spent more than two work sessions. The other thing, now again, I say this after after been having been critical of the website. Now, if I look under the government section, there is a section you can go to for City Charter and Code of Ordinances. And there it is spelled out for all to see from Chapter 1 all the way through Chapter 410, the City of Binghamton Charter and Code of Ordinances. So I would think... That some specifics are now included there So uh, again Although I would like to see some improvements made To the city um, website I I think if you do For example I'm just picking one chapter at random Nothing we ever really talk about here But um, loitering is chapter 279 So let me click on chapter 279 And let me see prohibited conduct lounging loafing or idling in front i'm doing that right now (laughs) i'm guilty i I was gonna say you know most most of the time (laughs) you know if if a police officer were to observe me sometimes oh look he's because it doesn't say all of these things lounging loafing or idling in front or in the entrance to any place of amusement or in front of or in the entrance to any building is prohibited and any person who fails to move when requested to do so by a police officer, owner, occupant, or tenant of any building shall be deemed a violator of this provision. So um, bottom line is if a police officer spots you apparently lounging, loafing, or idling and he or she says, all right, Bob, enough of that. Enough loafing. Why don't you go out and do something constructive like, I don't know, clean the windows of the radio station or something. But anyway, so you can probably find more specifics on the website. Again, like every website, every website has its own quirks, and so it takes a little little time to get acclimated. I, I've seen other government websites that I think are more user-friendly, but there probably is a lot of information not probably there's there's an amazing amount of information oh actually here's something just dated July 17th supplemental charter <laughs> I th- this was just uh, July 17th of this year supplemental char- charter so apparently they must have done some updates and just for your edification Gary it's only 71 pages long. So if I started reading. Easy read. Huh, yeah, it's easy, mm-hmm. easy peasy.
11: And I'll, I'll be loitering when I start reading because I'll be idle. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I
3: mean, but oh. but, uh, but but is you know what I'm looking for, Bob? I'm
11: looking for the points, right? So I'm right. I'm, you know, and here's what I'm. So I'm going to actually send an email to Mayor Graham. And,
3: and, and I'm going to ask yeah, him. Yeah, ask him specifically because I will say this, and I okay. know some people some people have uh, you know questioned his responsiveness but i do know for a fact that uh, he he does respond to emails he may not, not respond to, to me every- he hasn't well then try again try uh, again i i i'll be the first to admit whether it's the mayor or whether it's me it's it's physically impossible or humanly impossible to probably respond to every email so what i'm saying is try again and and put maybe in the subject line um let's see lockdown law uh point questions or something like that just questions
11: about the lockdown yeah yeah,
3: summarize it in, in easily because again the mayor must be getting more email than I get. I get a lot of email every day, but he's the mayor of the parlor city. So he probably receives many more emails. So he has to truly plow through email and and decide which ones he, he personally responds to. So that's, hey, I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. So, but I have seen people have shared emails, even about I think there was one that was shared with me, uh, where he responded to someone about 34 North Street. So, it's not as though he he's ignoring all of the city's problems. It's let's be fair to the mayor and everyone else in Binghamton. The city has a lot of problems. So, I I don't expect Mayor Cram to spend eight hours every night responding to every email he gets. So, uh, but fair enough. That's yeah, you know, I'm trying yeah. to be fair I mean, that to him. Sense. That yeah.
10: makes sense to me.
3: Yeah, and, and so what, what I tell people when they have been unsuccessful in getting a response to their email, whether it's something they sent to me or to a public official or someone else, I say, don't give up, try again. Always try first, here's... This isn't perfect email etiquette, but th- one thing that I truly appreciate because I'm inundated with powerful emails every day, I really encourage people to say something very specific in the subject line. 3 or 4 words is best and make it clear, not something that's nefarious or confusing like got a question. Well, you know, if you put that in a subject line and I, ha- I have to plow through a hundred emails at the end of the day, if the subject line says got a question, I'm not sure that I got time to open that email. I, because sometimes I just don't, I have places to be and sometimes meetings or other things, other obligations. So in the subject line, be direct. And then in your email, be shortened to the point and polite. And you'd be amazed I mean, sometimes less is more. So say if I have a question, if I'm working on a story and it's about something that the mayor or the deputy mayor may have information on, I strive to be to the point with the subject line and I strive to summarize. If I have questions, I try to, and you know me, I always have a few questions. So maybe I try to limit my questions to four or five and try to be as concise as possible, hoping that they'll have the time to look into it and get me an answer. But I, again, I, I think the... Or the mayor will point you to the right uh, area of the website. I'm sure now, if you look on the City of Binghamton website, you can find the specifics. Actually, I'll... Let me give you a sense of... Because this right. is... This is something that was sent regarding thirty-four North Street. If I can find this here. No, this is the only thing on WNBF right now. Um, let's see. Okay. I love technology. It makes life worth living. So with respect to 34 north street this is the letter that the city attorney sent to the owners and the others linked to 34 north street it was dated september 8th about four weeks ago so it lists things that happen between christmas eve and august 25th so over the period of eight months and this gives you a sense of of how many points you can Get for certain things. Christmas Eve, general disturbance, four points. Then in February, general disturbance, another four points. Uh, March, criminal possession of a controlled substance, six points. There. And were, what is
11: the point total that they need? I think it's what? What do I can't remember what it
3: was. And and well? it says, yeah, right, right above this list of of points, said. Oh, here it is. Here's the answer. It's not all all. Of the information you need. Binghamton City Council adopted a local law that defines repeated criminal activity and neighborhood disturbances as a public nuisance. A building is deemed to be a public nuisance if it accumulates more than 12 points in a six-month time period or 18 months in a 12-month time period. A cursory review of the police activity at your property at 34 North Street indicates your building has accumulated all these points. And then, as I said, um, general disturbance counts for four. Noise complaints are two. Um, several, it appears, five separate criminal possession of a controlled substance is worth six points each. So in a period of eight months, according to the police department's tally, that property... Earned forty-six points, far more than enough, even in a twelve-month period, to be considered right. a nuisance. So, so that gives you a sense of how it works. And then, okay. what Megan Hyman pointed out, the deputy mayor, she said, "Well, also there is this opportunity, as is appropriate, of you know due process. So the city can't just say, oh." Well, 46 points, we're coming in, we're locking it down. We're going to get it similar to what happened um, a couple weeks ago in Endicott with the property on Monroe Street. The village of Endicott had that building on its radar for a long time. And yet they couldn't just say, all right, all you people in the building there at Monroe Street and Lincoln Avenue, get out. You're a nuisance. They had to uh, go through a process That allowed the owner of the building an opportunity to take steps to fix it, which is appropriate under law. But I know from having spoken with people in Endicott and Binghamton and elsewhere around here, they don't like the fact that it takes so long because it does take long. But everybody's interest should be protected. And it's sad that in the meantime, well, municipalities must protect the interest of property owners Uh, In the meantime, if you live close to one of these buildings, a trap house or some other nuisance, your quality of life is adversely affected. And let's face it, you don't get those days back. You know, if people are shooting up and getting shot and stabbed across the street, it doesn't make for a real pleasant spring or summer. No, that sounds horrible yeah.
11: to me. I mean, it's a lot worse than the house in my neighborhood. But my house, the house over here, is is bad, but not like that. Yeah.
3: But all right, well, we know. we I think at least educated Thank people. You for the information. Yeah. Now, Thank hang you. on the line, please. Hang on the line. Okay. Because we're going to go to a break, and then I have a few more questions off the air. This is Bob Joseph live on a Wednesday morning. On
0: WNBF from the Galt Auto Studios. This is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota.
6: News Radio 1290 WNBF. Uka, shaka, uka, 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 shaka, uka, uka, shaka. Don't realize Hookah, What you do to me
0: Hookah,
6: When you hold me Hookah, In your arms so tight Hookah, You let me know Hookah, Everything's
7: alright
3: Put down on the ceiling And there's no way For him to get down Uga, shaka. It's 1139 at WNBF, your weather station, whether or not you like it. We have weather. Everybody has weather. And you know where I get my weather? National Weather Service. Dave Nicosia and the talented team of meteorological professionals high atop Mount Ettrick. Sunny today, 84, mainly clear tonight, 59. Mostly sunny tomorrow, 79 cloudy friday a chance of shower 73 right now in parlor city at 68 at news radio wnbf enjoy today because bad weather is on its way a strong cold front will move through the region bringing periods of moderate to heavy rain. Fall friday night through saturday night heavy rain will bring a chance for localized flooding across low-lying and poor drainage areas warning wnbf you're on the air what's your first name
12: Hey, Bob, good morning. This is Martin from Biginton. Morning. Yeah. Hey, a couple of things more on, like, the the gift that keeps on giving, you know. Um, Kelly came out yesterday, uh, John Kelly, more uh, stuff about um, um, wounded veterans and stuff, and that Trump did not want to be seen, didn't want his picture taken with people who had lost limbs and stuff. It made him nervous it made him kind of like feel like that he was some kind of a loser or something. But you know, there you go with his lack of empathy and caring. And um going back to Cassidy Hutchinson's book, where she calls that, you know, he looks amongst people. he calls the herd and looks for like the weakest um, people that he can go and attack. And so who did he go after yesterday? The clerk. The clerk
3: in the in the courtroom. Oh, and, and- then um, uh, spreading lies about the clerk wasn't wasn't that a shame? I mean, both he would spread lies about the clerk and also lies about our beloved U.S. Senator Charles Schumer.
12: Yes, and But about the clerk, though, and other people. But you know, this is a mild, meek person. That now this person is. Uh, in in danger he's worried about his safety his life has changed a thousand percent because of this guy who is he's bored because he's already been found guilty there and about this crime and just continues on and he's got to ruin other people's lives and also you talked about walter reed earlier you had talked about that with jesse about that and but in her book she talks about that hey he was much sicker than people knew. He was getting the best care in the world. They did everything he possibly could to get him out of there so he can get um, and, and have that appearance of going up the steps and taking his mask off where he was uh, very visibly um, sick. And that when it came to COVID, and he had very little patience about even trying to delve into the idiosyncrasies of it, or work with the scientists Or, I mean, you know, that's why He's like, he jumps right to the Clorox Well, what about the Clorox?
3: I mean, you know Well, I The mean, only thing I could say is Maybe maybe he had stock in Clorox Corporation Maybe that's, I don't know I mean, you know, at, at least then I would understand it It was, you know, not so much to Confuse people to Inject bleach as a desperate Move to, uh deal with the COVID 19 uh scare that we all were dealing with in 2020 maybe and again there's no excuse for it but at least we would understand that he was just trying to, to enrich himself you know if he had a billion shares in clorox well then it would stand to reason he would want to use his high profile position to encourage people to buy more of that stuff so he would make money on the stock so i don't know i don't know he's uh He certainly knows the art of the deal. I mean, the art of the Uh steal, according to Tish James. She said it's not the art of the deal, according to Tish Tish James. This isn't me talking. This is our attorney general who was elected by New Yorkers, including some Republicans who voted for her. Tish James said he exemplifies, with respect to the uh, uh, allegations of fraud, he exemplifies the art of the steal. Yeah, she certainly does. Yeah. Like, well, I, hey, hey, it's yeah. not me. It's not my opinion. That's her. I'm. I'm just. I'm just conveying what she said. But that's powerful. That's powerful.
12: You tried to say Mar-a-Lago was close, say uh, worth a billion dollars, and it's worth only twenty-four, twenty-five million. I mean, that's still no drop in the bucket, you know. And it's beautiful. You see the aerial shots and everything there too, you know. But um, also about two more quick things about. Um, Cassie Hudson's book. She reveals in there that she states that in um, one of Rudy's more inebriate moods, he groped her.
3: Um, well, that's that, an allegation, and I, I know from having spoken with Rudy Giuliani that I don't think he would. He never groped me when I was over speaking with. I'm serious. This I I know. This sounds unpleasant, but at least you know in his. In his defense, when I was interviewing him over at the uh, old IBM Country Club on Watson Boulevard when he was a candidate for the U.S. Senate or preparing to be a candidate, he never did anything untoward. I found his demeanor to be pleasant and professional, and I found the answers to his questions to be um, very appropriate. So that's that's the only thing I have to add. The only time that I've dealt with Rudolph Giuliani face-to-face, I found him to be... Um, a good example of what it's like to be America's mayor.
12: Yeah, well, and the last thing though is, like I said, she gave that testimony and went into hiding and was was scared. And a year and a half was going by, and she wanted had to get this out and was and um said there's got to be somebody else. And she discovered 97 year old Alexander Butterfield, who was. Down the pole, pole, but in one sense, he was very important. He's the
3: one that oversaw all the uh, bugging, the wiring. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, his Mr. Know. Butterfield, Alexander Butterfield, certainly was uh, a major, a major character in the uh, very sad saga that resulted in the early dismissal of Richard Milhouse Nixon. Appreciate your call. This is WNBF. We're here to serve America. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety ninety two point one FM twelve ninety AM streaming at WNBF dot com
6: News Radio Twelve Ninety
3: WNBF, WNBF with live phone lines every morning from 9 to noon. Nick in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air.
13: Hi, Bob. Good to hear from you. I hate to burst that bubble of the last caller there, but you know what? It might not be Clorox, but it's palaxtive. It's an antiviral drug now that's used to fight uh, uh, COVID, and it works awesome great because I had COVID and I used it. And, you know, Facebook banned my brother, Okay. He's a 40-year pharmacist. He's dealt with viral drugs and everything for 40 years and stuff like that. And, you know, he kept on saying there's the antiviral drugs for this. And they kept on blocking him. Oh, there ain't none. You blocked them, all that. And now we have these new antiviral drugs that are out there, just like Clorox. And it sure wiped my uh, COVID out. But I, I, I just want to go from there. But I want to go back on to... Um, what we have, this hydroelectric. And wouldn't it be nice if we took Gowdy Station and made it a hydroelectric plant? I mean, we got a river that runs 24-7. And guess what? That's the reason why Banton's here, because of our rivers. And it supplied electricity and power for years before we even were the power city. And you told me one time that you're going to get back on that, looking on that, and I was wondering what your opinion
9: is.
3: Um, (laughs) hmm. well to be continued i I actually forgot to do more research but uh, at some point it may not be this week but at some point I will get to it and and we can have a um, uh, more thoughtful discussion on that okay You're
13: awesome all right You're awesome man hey thank thanks you very for much calling for listening to me and man, th- your listeners are awesome i I you know what uh, I think everybody has their opinion and they're subjected to you know whatever it is there you go thank you
3: Thank you yeah, Thanks Nick I, I like the attitude I like the attitude that Hey we all have an opinion And I, I'll just say this about my opinion It's not right It's an opinion Well you act like it's right You act like your opinion is the only one No my opinion is one of nearly 8 billion on the planet It's an opinion Well, you shouldn't express it. Don't you agree with me? Maybe I do. But most importantly, stand up for your opinion. if you have an opinion, and presidents do it, talk show hosts do it, radio listeners do it, express your opinion. It's America. Express an opinion. And if somebody disagrees with you, don't take it personally. Don't think, oh, Bob, you don't agree with me. Oh... Oh, I don't like you anymore. Eh. Eh. We're all, in my opinion, again, just an opinion, we're still all friends. We're still all friends. We can be friendly, and we don't really have to agree. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and WNBF.com. 1155 WNBF, Susan in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air.
6: I'm still in Vestal, but I'm getting to Binghamton. (laughs) Um, I had um, COVID in July of 22. We had been on a bus tour in Ireland. And by the time we finished, everybody on the bus had it. But it was just like a bad cold. And with the jet lag, you know, by the time the jet lag was over, it was over. However, the first of September, I started, we were driving home from Niagara Falls with a little cough and a little stuffy stuffy nose and a sore throat. Next day, I barely don't remember. I was flat on my back in bed for four or five days. I did finally call the doctor on Saturday, the second day that I had the bad symptoms. And he did give me that antiviral medicine, and it, it helped. It gives you a bad taste in your mouth, a metallic taste in your mouth, but it's worth it because I can't imagine what it would have been like
3: without it. So, all right, so it worked I for you. It, it helped pain. you.
6: Yeah, it did.
3: Okay, I appreciate your call. Hope you have a great afternoon.
6: Okay. Another time we got to talk about that uh, new walking path and the fact there's no chairs. No
3: uh, back- yes, we will. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great okay. day. And that truly is all the time we have for today. I'll be back tomorrow morning. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF.
0: News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton, now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a Town Square media station.